0: What is up and welcome to a brand new edition of the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, your host, madman in the house on the right. Wayne Cook joining us again. Two times in two weeks. We are so lucky to have him on. Wayne, we spoke, you know, last weekend about the prospects of the new head coaches of UCLA. We brought up Deshaun Foster's name. We thought, hey, we'd love to have him. You know, maybe there's a little bit more coordinator experience to be desired, but... He eventually gets the trigger pulled. He is the new head man at UCLA. Yeah. And it's just everything that's going into effect right now. You actually got to MC, you know, his yeah. coaching hireman, uh, you know, ceremony, man. It was such a cool, cool event. How are we feeling? You know, a week in now with Deshaun being the head man for UCLA football.
1: Yeah, I, I, I am like, I, I don't even know. I, I was like, I, I think I was shocked. Because I didn't know if they'd go this route. Um, I thought that um, head coaching experience or some of you know, the stuff that people throw around, which, by the way, makes me laugh a little bit now that I think about it, because how many coaches did we watch last year that are considered really good coaches that absolutely butcher time management? They butcher when they kick field goals. They but, I mean, at all levels. In. And really, the excuse is, well, like, I have this guy standing right next to me. He's got a sheet of analytics. And as long as they tell me what to do, then I can never be wrong like that's the world we live in now and we actually praise people that go for it like it was it was fourth and three on your own 20 and they're like that's a cutsy call i would love to play for that guy and i'm sitting there going did you punt there every time like every time and it's it's like it, it kills me because of all that i know about football and all this new world stuff it's like wow so i don't know if it matters as much as it used to people keep throwing around head coaching experience they keep throwing around like offensive coordinator experience it's like So Dan Lanning doesn't make mistakes. I seem to remember the first time they played Washington, there was a lot of people questioning some of the things that he did and he's still a great coach, I'm not knocking Dan Lanning, I'm just saying like this idea of you have to have that experience, you know, you know, Terry Donahue, he was an offensive, he he was a lineman, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to learn to be in these situations by being in these situations. You know, coordinators, if you're an offensive coordinator, don't you think you always want to go for it? Like, offensive coordinators are always like, we should go for it. Like, because that's just the way they're wired. And the head coach has to look at them and say, no, we're not going to go for it. And so, like, defensive coordinators, you know, I don't know. Depends on the punt because we can stop. So, it's like everybody has their different mindset. So, I don't know where being a coordinator helps you make those decisions, because you don't make those decisions. Here's what I do know. To be a great head coach, you have to be a great leader. And I think we saw from the video uh of the players when they heard that deshaun foster and uh, by the way this was a, a great moment for me because i every once in a while out here locally i go on uh 8 am 8 30 with roger lodge he has me on a lot to talk about ucla football and he played that video like six times like he kept playing it throughout my interview and i, I got the chills every time like every time and so um deshaun foster has been one of my favorite you know coaches to be around um, i i hate it when people um you know be, before we start this you guys you mind if I like do a little like backtracking here real quick before we go into all the questions because of course absolutely because you know, I ran into someone at the at the um, at the at the what the press conference and he looked at me he goes Wayne he goes he goes you're such a homer and I love it and I go well dude just I, I I'm a, I love my team but I, I need everybody to grasp this concept because I'm sure that there's other people that think that about me as well and I don't really care but to be good at anything, you, you have to be a growth mindset, positive. Person. And I, I've, I've studied what it takes to be successful. I've sat, uh, I, I practiced for a couple of weeks with, with Steve Young and, uh, uh, and, and, and Jerry Rice. And I watched them absolutely destroy people in the film room. I watched them destroy people on the practice field. I watched them destroy people in the weight room. And I, I just watched what greatness looked like, and I got to see that when I was in Arizona. Dave Craig was like forty-one years old, and he was still a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I watched how he went about his business. I, I talked to legendary coaches. I was on an All-Star team where Johnny Majors. And you guys allowed to go back into here, but he's a legend. And I talked to him, and I got to be around him. And I and there's there's a lot more. And so it's funny to me that we we live in a society where people will well. John Wooden's pyramid of success. I'm like, well, how many of you, you 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 act like you love this thing and how great John Wooden was, which he was. But you don't live by it. Not even close. Because if you looked at that pyramid of success, like you wouldn't be saying that the recruits we have on the team that had a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense are bad recruits. We haven't been recruited. Well, if we haven't been recruiting, then we must have the greatest coaches in the history of mankind. If we haven't been recruiting we're about to have a top 10 draft pick, what's going on? If we haven't been recruiting and we have running backs in the NFL and all these players, and we've been we've been having guys go to the NFL at a high rate, like in, in nationally, if we haven't been coaching, we haven't been recruiting, if we haven't been practicing hard, and all you're doing is being negative and you think me being positive makes me a homer, I'll tell you how much of a homer I am. Whoever wins the presidency the next time, the next election, I will root for that person to be the best president of the United States of America we've ever had, even if I didn't vote for him. That's how I'm wired. Like. And so Deshaun Foster, I don't care what his inexperience is. I, I look at what he has. He has a he, he's amazing. He crushed that press conference.
0: Trusting. I
1: said it in the press conference. I said that was the best. And I butchered the words. I said that was the best opening press conference, whatever, ever. (laughs) I I got tongue-tied because I didn't really know what to call it. But his emotion, his three pillars, my wife and I have already put those three pillars in my classroom. I showed the video to all of my students because I wanted them to see, first of all, and again, this is going to sound bad. It's Black History Month, and I am so proud of my school. I, I have Jackie Robinson on my wall. I talk about Arthur Ashe. I talk about all the great people that have done amazing, amazing things at UCLA. I said, look at what we've got. We've got an athletic director who's African-American. We've got a head coach who's African-American. And then we've got a guy that looks like he's president 200 years ago doing the press conference in front, the white guy with gray hair. Uh but but no, it's just awesome, and it does. It didn't matter there. That the, the press conference was so amazing. Deshaun had emotion. He was smart, and I was about to say, um, I hope whatever I just said didn't get me in trouble somehow. But like the idea that um, that his three pillars. I mean, how like listen, people. If, if every time we sign a recruit, your first response is that's not good enough. If, if every time we get a new coach, the first thing you think of is. I've got a loose now of offensive coordinators, and if he doesn't hire one of these, that's not good enough. If if all you can do is think of the negatives, I, it's just not the way my mind works. And so that if they make me a homer for that, like all I'm looking at is the players were in that room, the former players that were in that room. How great Deshaun was. His three pillars. I, mean, I have to I have to say him. It's it's um, it's uh, it's discipline, which we need so much more of in this world. It's it's respect. And it's enthusiasm, and 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 again, if you want to go back to my beginning statement about John Wooden, pay attention to the to to, to each one of those. I, I don't care which one it is; they're all important. They're all important, and, and so many people preach it and act like it. And you guys, and every single one of you negative people out there. And again, I, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be mean, but like you would have fired John Wooden before he had the years he had. You you would have you would have you'd have been flying sure. banners over Westwood. Before he even got to the point to, became, to where he became the legend that he was. And so, all of that stuff is, is you call me a homer if you want to. We have been close the last several years, we have not been that far away. So, to, to act like this team doesn't have any talent, and I've already heard it from the Big Ten Network, I've already heard it with other people. Uh, the Cumber's Bear, someone wrote the other day in an article. I'm like, how it's Bear? What are you talking about? Yeah, we lost a few good players, but it's not Bear it's not. I mean, we beat SC, and they said, well, they're not SC. They're not putting as much into football as SC. We beat them two out of the last three years, and the one the one we lost, we had the ball at the end of the game. So I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. It makes no sense to me. So anyway, opening tirade, uh, I, I, I apologize, but I just wanted to set because I hear this stuff, and I know that I sound like a homer sometimes, but I want people to know where it's coming from. I, I see so much promise. I do not think that you. someone said that UCLA is a dead-end job. Someone who's pretty prestigious in the world of sports. And I'm like, dude, you know what? It's not. It's not. And not even close. It just has to be done right. And, and guess what? Maybe this person, with, with, with a little bit of lack of experience, has the heart and the drive and the vision. And he's a freaking Bruin. He loves UCLA. And he's going to fight for UCLA. And maybe that's what it takes.
2: Now, Wayne, I, I absolutely love that and, and such a fitting opening. You know, so much of what you said resonates with, with us because I think I think we're all in the same boat here, Wayne. I think both yeah. both Will and I get criticized a ton for being very positive and, and upbeat and just seeing how special this place is and, and what it is and, and what it can be. And so you're always thinking about the art of the possible and just love so much about what you said. There, they just felt very different with Deshaun being – a Bruin and the emotion and the soul you know that's really the word that kind of came to mind for me both when the players galvanized around him when when Martin Jarman introduced him and then the press conference itself and I'm so happy you mentioned his pillars of, of discipline respect and enthusiasm you know Wayne I'm trying to sort of make a nickname happen over here he's the new Dr. Dre in Los Angeles and I keep getting reminded of Uh, the old, uh, you know, scene in Mean Girls, you know, where Rachel McAdams says, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm going to try and make Dr. Dre happen, Uh, Wayne. You know, I think he's the new Dr. Dre, uh, you know, with his philosophy. But Wayne, just tell me a little bit about how you think this is going to go moving forward. We already have seen such an infusion of of change and novelty here. Look, the spring game now is going to be at the Rose Bowl. There's going to be a whole fan appreciation day. We've moved the student section now from – back of the end zone in the corner to 50 yard line on the visitor side of the field. Uh We've already gotten a lot of activity now with, with men of Westwood, a lot of matching plans that have already taken place this week. So three really uh, tangible effects already of energy and Uh enthusiasm into this program. What are you sensing right now? And and how do you feel what the next 60, 90, 120 Uh days is going to look like?
1: So, there's there's first of all, there's a lot. Like, you know, I love the part of the press conference when Deshaun said, I'm gonna hit the ground running. I love the little moment where he talked about how he interviewed just like everybody else, and they they hired the right guy. There was a couple of just absolute perfect moments where again I told you I sort of showed up my students and I said that's called confidence. That's not arrogance. There was nothing arrogant about what he did, but there was belief in himself and there was belief in the people around him. And I think that, the you know, we've talked about this before. The most important thing is you have buy-in from your players. And I think we've seen that. Like, he talked about having fun, but he said, it, I, I think his words were somewhere along the lines of it's not going to be childish fun. It's going to be like, because I always tell people this, like, when you're having fun playing football, it's because you're winning. But that doesn't mean that you can't laugh and and, and screw around and have a good time but just know when you got to snap it back in and and be focused like i I remember even back in my day i I talked to there were so many former teammates at practice and there were people from different eras and i love seeing guys like you know danny farmer and the the guys that played with deshaun Uh, but there's connections between myself and deshaun too because my my Rose Bowl year, when I left, some of those guys on that 98 Rose Bowl were freshmen, On, you know what I mean? And so there was like that connection. And there was a lot more people from the 90s and the early 2000s that I've seen around the program at a long time. And it was a good era. It really was. It was, It was. was. That was a good era of football for UCLA. Remember, before Deshaun, I won't say what happened, but that his senior year, he was a hypertrophy candidate. Yep. And he was going off. And he was having, in my opinion, one of the best years any UCLA Bruins ever had. And then, you know, he got suspended and, and it didn't go well after that. But, but like the idea was that team was winning, you know? And so, so he knows what it's like. He talked about being at the Rose Bowl when it was packed. And I love that too because he's seen what this place can be. And remember, he was in the second half of the 20 win straight, right? Because it was his freshman year, I think, when they won the, the second 10. Yep. but but you know that team was number one in the nation and had a chance to win a national championship before the hurricane game and all that stuff happened whatever whatever happened whatever you call that thing but it was still and even losing in the rose bowl what was it 38 31 was still an amazing fun football game to watch because kade McDowell and company they, that they were fun those were fun teams so so to me i i see former players excited uh, I was laughing at uh, another great running back. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he scored a whole bunch of touchdowns for UCLA, and he still looks like he played play football. But he was like, man, I was ready. I was ready to just not – I was ready to not even care about UCLA football. That's how frustrated he was. And he said this was a great kind of like infusion of, of, of energy back to the program. It kept, and I got to talk to a lot of people over the weekend. I talked to Associate Athletic Director um, Josh Rebholz. I talked to to Martin. I talked to I talked to a lot of these people, and you know, I heard the plan, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm on board." And I, you know, listen. I mean, it's like I've said this before. I didn't agree with everything that Chip Kelly did. Uh, I I do think that that we did a lot of things well. I thought there were some things we met, we missed on, and that's always going to be the case. Nobody is ever going to be perfect but when you have someone like Deshaun who cares as much as he does you can feel it it's going to help with recruiting right guys i mean i, I can't imagine it won't and, and, and listen i will never knock you know chip kelly his idea whether you call it lazy recruiting or not was to use the board believe it or not more and more people across the country are starting to use the portal too because why why develop someone when you can get someone that's already kind of ready to play and so, like, I get it, but at the same time, you have to get some of those big-time recruits. You have to go out and get some of those high school athletes that are four and five-star guys. We—I don't know if you guys remember if it was well, I know you guys. I, I know Jamal. You—you—you you, you watched me play. You told me that before. We used to have top 10 recruiting classes all the time. For sure. We had them all the time. I mean, I was recruited in a class that. Uh, the class right after Troy Aikman left that had two other quarterbacks and Tommy Maddox and Bert Emanuel that were ranked way higher than me. I was the afterthought. That that was the local kid that that Coach Donahue watched play when his daughter was cheerleading. saying this guy's pretty good, and so I got and I always thought I was good enough. Like nowadays, I would have transferred to an elite school because when you're six four and you throw the ball 75 yards, seventy five yards, 76, 77 yards, and 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 throw it through a brick wall, you get recruited by everybody now. But if you're playing in a team that didn't win back then, not as many people got to watch you play. And so things have changed a lot. But either way, I I just see so many positives. I am curious as heck for some names about the OC. Uh, I'm curious what's going to happen. You guys saw the little tweet from uh, Julius Peppers. I don't know if you remember him as a football player, but that guy's awesome. He was a great football player. He (laughs) said, I'll coach, um, which I thought was awesome by the way, and I don't know if that'd be a good hire or not. I have no idea. I know some people like just take the biggest name ever and plug them in and they can do it. Remember one of the things I wish I said at the, at the press conference was not every really good player can coach. And my analogy was always that like, even like with my own kids, sometimes when I was trying to teach them to throw a football or shoot a basketball after a couple of tries. I'm like, why can't you do this? Like what's wrong with you? Like, and, and to be a really good coach, like, as a teacher, I'm probably a better teacher because I wasn't the greatest student in the world. And so I can feel it when kids around the room have no idea what I'm talking about. So that helps me. But for a great running back to be able to coach running backs the way he has shows me that he's an elite coach. It showed the great, the cool moment when, when Joshua Kelly at the press conference was like, great coach, Joshua Kelly. Uh, I talked to him. at the, He's such a nice guy too. But Joshua Kelly... Was coached really well by Deshaun Foster, and then he was also. But remember, every single Demetrius felt was there too. Every single one of these guys has the attitude that you want to win, and Deshaun Foster like pushes that along with the whole staff. The whole staff is is awesome at this. So I don't know if I answer your question, you guys. You can tell I'm kind of hyper and excited about this whole deal. But but (laughs) there's going to be. If, if you're not on board, and again, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future. Ninety-five percent of all college football programs don't live up to the expectations of their fan base, right? There's only a few every year that do. And so, so like the idea is, is that I, I see good things coming. I love the moving out that you guys mentioned. The, um, the 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 seats, the fan seats, um, for the students, awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I've questioned these things for years. I'm like, you got to figure out a way. I know that we move to one sideline and that people like to be in the shade or whatever, but it looks terrible on TV. Because even when we have a really good crowd on one side, sometimes that other side's not as good. And so to, to have that, that look good, and also, and we all know this, fans can be um, interesting, especially when they're behind the other team's bench. And it helps. I mean, trust me, you got everywhere I go, I, I'm on the sidelines at every stadium. And I'm telling you, you have to be really focused to ignore what's being said. And so I think it's going to help us a lot. It was a great move.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you mentioned it a lot, Wayne, like just how special of a guy Deshaun has been. I mean, we saw it at the press conference front and center. You know, he's crying multiple times. He's so proud to be the head man at his Mm -hmm. former university. Wayne, in a lot of ways, you've been such an ambassador to UCLA football. You've seen him as a running back within the program mm-hmm. as a coach what are some of the moments and memories you have that you were like this guy is special uh I trust this guy to be coaching at UCLA whether it was the running backs and now as the head man in charge the Bruins
1: so so I'll go back to him as a player so so I watched him from afar uh his first few years and I was impressed with how hard he ran and I think that's a, a to me it's a um it's an example of just what's in his heart and how he plays, and I, I think that matters. I think that a lot of good coaches, when you when you anybody talks about, him, like man, you should have seen that guy's player. Man, he he was that dude that like he didn't care about what was going on around him. They just put their head down to play. Because I don't remember Deshaun being a showboating guy. I don't mean any of that stuff. He would just. And I said it at the at the at the press conference. I said he'll run through you, over you, around you. Like he could run away from people. That guy was li- literally a Heisman Trophy type back. He was a guy that when he was in the NFL, like when he was healthy, he was amazing. Like he was, he was a guy. And so for me, uh, it started with just that. I could just, I could just watch him play. And I said, that's a guy I'd want to play with. And he's just, he, he's, he plays with, with, with such energy. He has vision. You can tell he's well coached. Um, all of that stuff matters. And then you know, I, 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 started covering UCLA as a sideline reporter that year that I talked about his senior year. And I only did like four games that year, but I mean, he was my favorite player. Like I was kind of a little bit of a fanboy at the beginning that like I, I told them I, you have to let me talk. I don't want to just introduce Martin and let him talk. I wanted to do like, cause they wanted me to kind of be the hype guy. And I'm like, but I don't know what to say. And I don't know how much time I have. So I did the whole, and I hope people didn't take this the wrong way, but you heard, I said, you know, when we talk about Derry Donahue, you know, that the phrase gutty little Bruin always comes up. And I always thought that that was perfect for that time, but I don't even think it fit Donahue's teams in the eighties and nineties. There was nothing gutty and little about, you know, Jonathan Ogden or JJ Stokes (laughs) or Jameer Miller. I mean, like, I'm like, that was a different time. And people bring that up because reporters think they're smart. And they're like, Oh yeah, good little Bruins, good little Bruins. I'm like, Oh my gosh! We have guys that played in the Hall of Fame. Troy Aikman was not a gutty little Bruin. He was the best quarterback in the freaking. I mean, he's 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 amazing. And so, like to me, it it was it's a compliment to Coach Donahue and how great he was and what he did from where he came from. But Deshaun's a different animal. He he was he was as, as good as we've had. Is 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 as athletic. And trust me, I've been around some great ones. but he was he was that guy. And so 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 that part of it. But then to see him as a coach. And I have watched him uh, over the years. I've watched the way he coaches his running backs. And I watched that, like, his running backs have always been some of my favorite people. Like, you you have to remember that Deshaun uh, Deshaun Foster is going into these houses and recruiting these players I'm talking about. Like, when you talk to Josh McKelly, you'll never meet a better person. So So that there's recruiting involved there. You're bringing a person of character and talent. Zach Charbonnet, I remember one game before I knew him that well. He wasn't playing for some reason. I'm like, man, I hope he didn't get suspended. And everybody's kind of looked at me like, do you know him? And I'm like, I I, I don't know him as well because he's so quiet, right? And then you start hearing the stories. Like, he's like a great guy. Like, off the charts, great guy. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And then Dimitri, he's from my hometown, Temecula. Like, my son Mm -hmm. tackled him in a game once. And I keep telling him, you tackle a guy that plays in the NFL. And it was an open field tackle, too. It was a shoestring, but it was a good tackle. And, uh, but to meet your fellow was awesome. He was a one man show at great Oak high school. And I've gotten to know him quite a bit over the years. And like, I really, really like him. I mean, like, like you can keep going down the list of the players that he's coached, even the current ones on the roster, there's such quality human beings. And yet who do they run like they run like Deshaun Foster. They run, they may not have quite as talent sometimes. Cause let's be honest Deshawn was elite, 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 but he, he has like, he has that ability to teach him that patience. But yet, at the same time, to hit the hole hard to carry the ball the right way. Cool. Um, I know we have a few cards that had a couple of turnovers in a couple of games this last year. But for the most part, they they handle the ball well. Cool. They're, they're good out of the backfield. So, like, I, I looked at him as a coach. And I just said, well, who can you think of that has been more beneficial to our teams? Because to be honest with you, the Chip Kelly system, you have to be able to run the ball. Right. And on our and our running backs from from when we started getting good with Joshua Kelly, when we kind of turned the corner a little bit, it was it was the running game. And who's their coach? The Sean Foster. And then you learn how much the team likes him. And again, I've had tons of conversations with Sean over the years. And this is what's fun about assistant coaches. And you guys probably don't know this, or I'm sure you know this actually. Do you think they always agree with their head coach? No. No, we all have opinions, right? Just like us, just like us three. We don't always agree. Like I'm going to be honest with you. I hope, and if I could say, and I shouldn't say this out loud, but whenever it's third and short or fourth and short and we run up to the line of scrimmage, I just want us to never do that again. I don't know why. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. Like, oh my gosh, we're good enough. We don't have to trick people. Line up the right way and call a good play and stop hurrying because I felt like we just blew it so many times on that. We got a little bit better the last. But either way, I don't know why I don't. I just don't like it. I'm like we're we're too good for that. We don't need to trick people. But either way, um, choosing quarterbacks, you know, to all that stuff. Like trust me, there was plenty of opinions uh, from the coaching staff. So it'll it'll be fun to watch going forward. But I mean, I, and again, and don't don't underestimate his ability to know football. Running backs have to know everything. You're yeah. right back there with the quarterbacks, they have to know blocking schemes. They have to know they have to know who's coming, who's not coming. Trust me, they're reading the blitz along with the quarterback. So so like if you really think about offensive minds, centers, quarterbacks, and running backs, they they gotta know it all.
2: Yeah, no, it's such a great point, Wayne. And I, I love what you <laughs> talked about earlier and of the challenge of being a star player and being able to translate that into coaching, because it's such a difficult thing and we've seen it in so many other sports, even when iconic players become coaches or general managers, it never worked. You know, we saw magic Johnson be a coach. We saw Michael Jordan be a general manager. We saw, but you know, in the NBA who were the great coaches was Pat Riley and Phil Jackson, guys who were role players during their time that understood the plight of the superstar and the plight of the last guy on the bench. And we're able to sort of relate completely. And here's a guy yep. who 301 yards and four touchdowns against Washington, Wayne. I'm sure you cover that game. I uh, sure. and, and This guy was able to sort of translate it to a, the likes of a Joshua Kelly who was from UC Davis. a Demetrik Felton, who was a converted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. A Britton Brown who came from Duke. A Zach Charbonnet who transferred from Michigan when things weren't working out. So I think to your point, it speaks volumes to the type of person he is and and his ability as a coach, even if it isn't shown yet traditionally through traditional experience in in the way, you know, traditional thinking is done in, in the college and and the NFL games. Wayne, you said something a little bit earlier that I want to sort of double click on so many great conversations you've had, obviously you're such an incredible ambassador of the program. You talked about speaking with Josh Rebolts and Martin and some of the players and, and, and a little bit of the plan moving forward in as much as you can share, what are some of the things about the plan that you're really excited about? And how has maybe that plan shifted with Deshaun Foster now at the helm uh, in terms of kind of the unique dynamism?
1: So I, I think Chip Kelly had started this. I think the, and I always think this because I think it matters. I think the the former players feeling welcome um, and, and Chip was, was, was making waves, but it's, it's, it's now that we've got a former player as a coach, I think it's easier. I think I saw people that I hadn't seen in years at the press conference. So I was like, wow, it's great to see you here. I mean, even someone as great as Danny Farmer. And if you love UCLA football, you love Danny Farmer. Oh yes. I mean, he's, he's, he's just, every time I see him, it makes me smile. I haven't seen him in five years. I used to see him all mm. the time. I, he just sent his dad, George was there too. <laughs> and he was a, another great Bruin and, and they were there because they, you know, obviously play with the shot, but like, it's exciting. Like I, I was, I was fired up to see Anthony Barr there Anthony yeah. Barr And yeah. I, 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 I literally, I literally, you guys, I was talking to Anthony Barr and I said, hey Anthony, I said, I need you to, I need you to meet. I don't know if you know these guys, but I need you to meet Kate, Kate Madrano, and, and Femi Holiday, And he, they were exchanging digits, man. He's like, I want to do anything I can to help you guys. This is Anthony Barr. This guy is an elite, elite college and NFL player. And he's looking at these guys in the face going, I want to help you. I want, if you guys need me, you just reach out. And I'm like, I'm listening to this. And I'm going, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying I did that, but I'm like, that's the kind of stuff. Like I, I could look at a player and be like, man, you could be a Danny Farmer type. And a lot of these guys are going to go, I don't know who Danny Farmer is. Well, go watch him film. Because you can learn a lot from good players from the past i always say that one of the one of the things that that we did growing up is is everything i mean espn wasn't what it is now whereas talk shows where people yell and scream and make noise and tell you what you're supposed to think and um, that's not a knock that's just the world we live in right um we watched nfl films mm. i mean i i remember watching you know vhs tapes of like all that, or you just see nothing but you know, great voices of, of, you know, Sable talking about and the music. And you're just watching elite quarterbacks and elite receivers and great hits. And, like you learn to play football by watching great people play football. And I and I think, you know, I remember talking, it, it may have even been Deshaun at one point. I mean, he goes, man, I, this is funny because I think it was. <laughs> but don't don't call me on that. He, one year after practice, he goes, yeah, I don't think these guys would watch would even watch that much like they don't really watch it on their own time they're doing something else we didn't have all the stuff with with our phones and games and all this we had games but it wasn't like what it is now and so i was like man you learned so much from watching the crates so yeah go back and put on an old film of danny farmer watch how he used to time the deep ball he threw it up to that guy and he was gonna go catch it right i mean that guy was amazing I mean, he was a volleyball player too so the guy could jump out of the gym but like, like, yes, it 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 won't hurt you. And to know that we had players that were that good, for, and we had a stretch of Sean LaChapelle, we had JJ Stokes and Kevin Jordan, we had you know Scott Miller, we had Sean Farmer. we had um, Freddie Mitchell, we had, right, had Brian
2: Pulley 14, Dixon. Yeah,
1: 15, for a while there, it seemed like we always had elite, elite receivers. And right now, it's kind of scary because I feel like we're we've got a couple that could be. But you, you, those guys were all dogs, right? They went after it like you couldn't. Like I run, to, run into Freddie a couple of years ago at an SC game. And that guy was ready to go, like run over people. I'm like, because that's the way he's wired. Like that's how you want to be that guy. You got to be that guy. You got to figure out how to be that guy. And sometimes players from the past. That's why I remember when uh, you know we talked last week about last time about Eric Eric B. and it was funny because Eric enemy played the position and. It's funny that you mentioned Washington with, with Shaw Foster. You so it's was another Washington game when Rich shows Drew with
2: 322 and, and five. Like, like, yeah, right it's now. ironic that the well, two greatest amazing. games both against oh, Washington. Exactly.
1: Incredible. And, and 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 I still remember those two, the dynamic between the enemy and 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 foster. And I was like, perfect. It was just perfect because they they'd been there, done that. Like, right? Like, and so like. I, I love that, but sometimes the old the old guys that have been around and done stuff like I love it when I get a chance to talk to Ethan Garbers. I love I love it. It's it's just it, it 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 because I didn't realize I went before we came on. You guys, I went back because he was ranked on one of the rankings like tenth in the Big Ten next year, and I went back to look at what he was how when he was recruited. He was highly ranked, and yeah, we, we we act like even the people that cover our team act like he's like. An afterthought. I'm like, this guy was an awesome high school player. He was highly recruited, like on. He was top, you know, esp to been on the ESPN list for top 300. I think it was like 190, which maybe doesn't sound great, but we haven't gotten a lot of those lately. um And so, like, and he was ranked really high in California. So I'm like, look, I'm like, do a little bit of homework. This guy's really good, and then watch the games when he plays. You know, he turns the ball. Over. He had 11 touchdowns and three interceptions last year. Like, yes, that's pretty good for the no, you what? Know, you know, it was so
2: it was so interesting because I thought about you a lot over the last seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days during the coaching search, because it was something that you said earlier on the show a couple of weeks ago when you said, you know, sometimes we're so wired for the new shiny object or the new shiny name that just because someone is on your staff or someone you're used to. So mm-hmm. it gets pushed aside and and no knock on on any of the candidates, other candidates. But, you know, and I was joking about this with Will on one of our earlier shows. But I was like, when did Tony White become Vince Lombardi? When did when did right. Tommy Reese right. become Bill Walsh? Like, you know, we, we sort of we, we put these other candidate names up so high in terms of esteem just because they were new. And it was I remember you had said it in the context of the transfer portal. We're just always looking for the new shiny thing. So it just makes me really happy that. We had the foresight as a program to say, look, it doesn't matter if it's someone in house or out of house, Deshaun is the right guy here. And so I just wanted to acknowledge your thinking coming through there.
1: So, so not, I'm pretty sure, and I, if, if nothing's changed, I don't think anybody's left.
2: No, right. No, that was
1: going to be my next question. Yeah. Right. So, so like, like part of what I had heard and the people that I talked to, and I don't like to say specifically who I talked to, but like of the, of the people that I talked to, this is all part of the plan. This is not like for everybody out there that's pushing that everybody in the athletic department is a mess and all this stuff. There's a, there's a legitimate, well thought out plan here. And I heard it every single word of what that was. And, 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 and literally you guys like, like keeping the team together mattered. for everybody that thinks that this team doesn't have talent. I'm telling you, like really other than Duke Clements, like who don't, I mean, I know Carson's gone, but like Duke and Carson, Everybody else is back, plus additions, right? Plus a really good receiver from Notre Dame. Plus, a, like, like, and I, I'm still not 100% you guys. I don't know about you, but the one thing I wish we'd change at UCLA, when I go on your website, I need to be able to see the current roster of players that are on the team, right? It's yeah. killing me that I can't find that. Like, it's because I, I, I want to find that. And so, like, it. it and, and I love that, by the way, the transparency, opening up spring practice to fans. Like, all this stuff, like, to be honest with you, I've never understood. Like, what are you afraid of close one practice a week and work on your trick place? I, I mean, like, what are you, and even if they know your trick place, drive the other people crazy. Like they have to worry about it. Like, I, I know that's weird, but like there's, there's ways to do it. It's, it's people are paranoid and I don't understand it. Like, I'm like, it's, it's not, it's, this is not rocket science. Just be better than the other team and I would execute them and it's, it's whatever. But anyway, going back to what, um, what we talked about, um, People throw out their names, but then what's crazy is once they tell you the names they want, like, and again, this is Tony White. Great. He's doing a great job. He's a former boom. Right. We love him. Absolutely. But your comment that since when did he become Vince Lombardi? He's been a successful coach, but so is the son. But what happens is there's so much of people not really reading the pyramid of success. I'm going to keep going back to that, that their arrogance and I know more than you. Is and again, I hope I never come across that way because I don't think I know more than anybody. I mean, I, I'm very passionate and I have and I play the game and I, I and I I will admit that I do know a lot about football, but like still, like I've been wrong a million times. I tell my students that they ask me questions and I'm like, I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna go Google it right now and I'll I'll let you know because we're all flawed and we're none of us are perfect. But like people like create their lists and act like they know everything, and then when things don't go the way they want them to go. They, they start blaming everybody, like, it's your fault See if you would have just done this. And they start negative from day one. And so if, if Tony White would have come in, then fine. It's great. It's good for good. good. But if Tommy Reese would have come in. People are already making their list of, of, of offensive coordinators. Like, and, and they've decided whether they like or don't like people and right. that they're right. Well, sometimes the greatest formula of, of, of success isn't just you. I'll give you one more quick example. When a kid comes to me and he says, Mr. Cook, I've I, I got accepted to five different colleges. What if I make the wrong decision? I said, if you're the right person, it's always going to be the right decision. Because you're going wherever you're going and you're going to make that the best it's, it's going to be. And I, I don't I don't know if people get that. Right. Like if you're if you're gonna you're gonna make your situation the best it can be. Now, this is why football is so complicated. <laughs> you you have people running your program. You have money issues right now. And and again, everything looks like they're going in the right direction. I think there's probably been a pretty good bump. Um, I love the NIL store thing. Um, someone yes. pointed, pointed this out the other day, that um, which is, by the way, better than it used to be because you used to have to pick people and put their jersey numbers out. And then if they didn't sell, you lost money. Now you can wait for people to order the stuff and then you
2: make the ones they want, right? <laughs> and, yeah. It's, and it's, it's everybody it's, now, it's, Wayne. I mean, it's, it's everybody, everybody, all sports. I mean, You're it's just so inclusive. I, I, it, I love it.
1: And, and it's and it. By the way, it's what O'Bannon was talking. about. And, and yeah. I stole this. Someone else said it, but I, I, if if I was in a video game, or if you were selling my jersey and and, and Ackerman Union, I deserve a cut of that. I, I totally. Agree. I've always agreed with that. What's happening now is not that. I respect UCLA for trying to do things legal and the right way, but but I'm sure everybody's going to do what we're doing too. But it's it was, when I saw that, I was like, that's that's what's supposed to be happening. If you're a star. And I know they can do it for everybody, but I always thought this in the old days before we had so much technology. If you're a star and they're selling your jersey, good. But it should be like the NFL at that point. The person that makes it gets some of it and the player that is represented on that gets some of it too. And so I, I, I they're doing some good things. They're going in the right direction. But just one last thought on the, the coach thing. It's it's Deshaun Foster could be the greatest coach in the world. Like I'll, I'll give you another example. Nick Saban, if he didn't go to Alabama, And ended up at Purdue. I I doubt we'd be talking, and by the way, this is not a knock on Purdue, but I don't think we'd be talking about Nick Saban the way we are. Alabama is kind of a place where you you can have whatever you need and whatever you want to get the job done. I don't even think Alabama is as good a job anymore either now because their second and third string guys are going to transfer because they're not playing, and they're four- and five-star athletes, so it's not going to be the same anymore. But it, it is more than just... Terry Donahue doesn't win a lot of his championships and he doesn't have good coaches under him, including the, the, the great Homer Smith. I've said that before. But Homer Smith needed Terry Donahue too. Because Terry Donahue took care of it, everything else. He was he was the best CEO in the world. Deshaun can be that too. And I think we we saw, by the way, I even had some people ask me, how do you think he's gonna be? Which is why I made my little comment about. How's Deshaun Foster gonna do with the media? How about awesome? I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but he Fantastic. Answered, yeah. He answered every question perfect. So like people were wondering. I'm like, well, why wouldn't he be good? He's been interviewed a million times. Like he's been a player, he's he's smart, he's he's got personality, he's funny, he's got emotion. Like that's what we need. Like that's kind of like the opposite of what we had. And again, that's not a knock. Let's be—you can't force people to be something they're not.
2: Right. right. Chip
1: Kelly was never going to be good at that because it's just like he didn't want—he didn't want to be good at that. I don't think.
2: But yeah, Deshaun's good. And by at- the way, Wayne, not to not to interrupt. I mean, when you talk about people in the right situation saving at Alabama. I think chip is going to crush it at Ohio so state do I. I mean, yeah. yeah. So do I. With, with the type of yeah. players that now he's going to get in and not have yeah. to worry about getting. Yeah. And now he can just sort of tinker. I think it's going to be kind of obscene what happens offensively <laughs> at Ohio state. Now
1: I, I do too. And, and having you guys, and again, that's not a knock on anybody. That's Ohio state's one of those schools. It's one of those four or five schools that pretty much, if you look at that, you know, there's only so you probably guys, you probably know the number. How many, how, how many uh, five-star guys are in the country every year? How many do they give out? Like twenty-five. Like twenty-five guys, <laughs> yeah. I would say, right around twenty yeah. to twenty-five and, guys, and and probably what eighty percent of those go to the same three or four schools every year. Yeah,
2: pretty much. I mean, it's yep. just
1: Georgia, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, and and you know, then the, the rest are scattered a little bit. And remember, Michigan has to deal with um, a little bit more of the academic yeah. side, Absolutely. so they might not get as quite as many, or they would get more too. But but you know, and and Oregon gets quite a bit. They 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 do a little bit better with the um, their nils covered um so so you know but yeah you're, you're right so the situation does matter but but you can you can win. we've seen it at northwestern we've seen it um at at, at other schools where they found a way listen michigan hadn't been like this and it took jim Harbaugh almost getting fired and people were probably flying banners like people weren't sure about him either because he couldn't be ohio state right and he just kept scratching and clawing and scratching and clawing. And then he finally got to the mountaintop. Um, so it's doable. It, it, it really is. But it had been since 1997 since they had won a natty. And so, like, that's a long time.
0: It
2: is. Yeah. And, and well, you know, Wayne, and Thriller, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> it's so interesting that with Harbaugh, you know, in particular, we talk about the academics. I actually think Harbaugh got a second chance because he was an alum. I I think if he wasn't an alum, he probably would have gotten fired at at the end of the 20 season in in COVID. And so I think hopefully we also have that growth mindset at UCLA that given that Deshaun is young, he's an alum, he brings so much to the table, that we grow with him. And that it's, you know, I think all good things come, uh, you know, to those who, who wait and sort of put in the time. And I think Michigan is such a great case study of that now. And I hope we, we start thinking that way as well.
1: This is a quick one here, Will, so you can jump in. I'm going to predict why you guys always tell you this podcast should go like two hours. We got (laughs) plenty to talk about. Uh, It it is the recruiting. I'm just, I'm just envisioning from what I'm seeing and and more scholarships are being offered. I think there's a lot of recruiting going on right now. I'm curious about the transfer portal. What opens opens up again? What's going to happen? Um, I have a feeling, though, next year's class, it's going to be a good jump for us. I, I, I think I, I think it matters who we bring in, still, like the other coaches. But but I think I think we're going to see a good jump because um, I think people are going to want to play for Deshaun and, and the staff he's going to put together.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think the, one of the biggest pieces about this whole component is you don't have to blow up the staff. You keep your Jerry Neuheisels and Cody Whitfields. And, you know, Malloy's on staff, guys that have a proven track record of developing players and no transfers out with Deshaun Foster declaring as the head coach. You immediately have, you know, the offensive roster. You got your quarterback coming back. You got J. Michael Sturnevin, who's one of the most explosive receivers in the country. Jay yeah. Harden, who is kind of Deshaun's project in a lot of ways. His next one, he's probably going to get to the NFL. You kind of got that big three on the offense coming back. You got a lot of players and stability where you can chase going to a bowl game this year and also plan for the future and putting your imprint on the program with Deshaun Foster. So you can kind of have these two timelines kind of, you know, play out, if you will, with Deshaun and these guys. Offensive coordinator is a big question mark right now. You know, I think Jerry could be in line for that. I know he had already taken a bump up from the wide receiver position coach. I Listen, people went at me for this one. Biennemi doesn't have a job right now. Eric Bienemy is without a job. He's from Los Angeles. The only way to get better at coaching is to continue to coach. So if he does this and maybe takes an offensive coordinator job, that would be huge for a year or two. Maybe it's not the longest stability hire for UCLA with him there, but I think that's a great name to go off of. Who are some of the names that you're hearing for the OC and – who do you think would be a great fit for UCLA moving forward? I, I won't
1: I don't think I can say one of them, but I but I I know I know I know someone who's who's out there that that I like quite a bit. Um I some of the other names are like listen, I played for Bill Reese. Bill Reese was I just saw him not that long ago. He's a great guy, great mind of football. Tommy Reese was a, a heck of a player. He's turned into a, a, a very good um Coordinator, and I mean, again, you don't get hired by Nick Saban if you if you don't know what you're doing a little bit. Um, and I thought he adjusted last year really well, by the way, with their quarterback. I thought he he kind of you know changed that system to 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 benefit you know the the talent that he had. Um, but you know, it doesn't. It, I don't. I, I don't. I think what happens. This is where I I, I struggle. When I was uh, um after my junior year after my Rose Bowl season, um, I remember getting the phone call. From uh, Homer, Homer Smith, and he said, "Wayne, I'm 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 going back to Alabama," and I already knew that his wife lived in Alabama, and so it was a tricky thing for him to be out here. And um, I was like, and Homer Smith was like, he was my guy. He was the guy that like he raised me like a dad in, in football, and he was like, I I I went through hating him sometimes because he was so hard on me, and I I didn't understand anything he was saying because he was brilliant, to being like to laughing because I knew everything. Like I, I went through that growth and, and then they're like, yeah, we're, we're leaving. And here comes Bob Toledo and he walked in the room and he goes, he goes, all right, Wayne. He goes, i watched him film. That's the first thing he said. He goes, and, and, and I'll never forget it. He goes, you're better than I thought you were. <laughs> and I went, like, what the heck does that mean? And he goes, because, because again, I've told you guys this before these four and five and three stars and all this stuff, like, trust me, if you're on a team, they know if you're good or not. They don't give a crap about stars, but the media and everybody around, they just think they know. Like, I remember people saying that I wasn't a very good athlete. And I'm like, well, I I, like had one of the highest batting averages in the league in baseball. I I led the county in scoring and, and, and (laughs) over guys like Sean Tarver and, and, and Ventura County when I was a basketball player. And and I was my worst sport was football. And I was like, so not a good athlete and i'll kick your butt in golf too like I, I used to drive me crazy i'm like i don't know what where you guys get this from but they, they that's what they had but either way um i had to do a coach alito and that's the first thing he said because all he knew was what i was as a recruit maybe and so either way um he he only changed some there's a point to what i'm telling you guys right now there's there's all, whole you, this is what i tell my students all the time you gotta hang with me i'm gonna get there eventually uh there he, he he only coached on. He was brilliant. He said, I will let you tinker with some stuff, but we're going to keep the terminology and we're going to keep because it was me and JJ Stokes and Kevin Jordan. And like we were Skip Hicks and like all of us were coming back. And so like and our, we had a lot of linemen coming back. And we had John Hogden and we had like, well, let's not mess with us. Like we're 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 fine. But what Toledo did is he added some nuance to it. He, he did some things that I still look back on. Because by the end of that year, even though we didn't win as many games, I had better stats. Like It was, it was a little bit more of I could do more things. And so I took all the foundation that I had, and then he just sprinkled on some new stuff. And, and so for me, who comes in, because with Ethan Garber, he knows this system really well. We saw it in the second half of the bowl game. We actually saw it more than that. We saw it plenty of times throughout the year where this offense was clicking. And it was really, really fun. But it doesn't mean that you, because if you come in and blow it all up, like think about it. Like we have so many players on this team that know this system. We're losing our center up front
0: right? and we're
1: losing A back, but we still got TJ. All the receivers are back. We're adding a couple of, of, of new players. So there's a ton of people coming back. So I don't know what's going into their mind on like, do we want to bring in a coordinator and have them put in all of this new stuff? Are we going to kind of transition? Cause again, I I don't think Ethan has any more years after this. I think this is his senior year. Yeah. Um, but, but when you, but you know what I mean? Like, cause that's hard for a quarterback. The quarterbacks tend to not do well their first year in a system. Cause it's just, you're, you're not comfortable. So to me, that's an interesting question on whoever they bring in. Like when you guys mentioned Jerry, that, that the, Maybe, maybe, or maybe not the name that I'm thinking of might know something about the system too. Um, So like the idea is, is that it doesn't have to be the same, but when the terminology is the same and then you tinker with it, like, like my number one thing, we need to get J. Mike and company on the outside, more involved in the offense. Yes, um, We saw it, we saw it for some reason in the, in the, um, in the bowl game. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're throwing deep. We're like throwing to the X and the Z. And like, we don't do that. And, and when you do that, do you think that our really good tight ends uh, are, uh, you know, Matavao and, and Habermel, and, and do you think that our slot receivers are going to be more open? Yes. Use those guys. Sometimes right. I felt like Chip just widened about all the way to the outside the hash marks and just used them as decoys. Can you imagine how frustrating it would be if all you did was run people off all day so that the crossing routes and underneath stuff would be, you got to give those guys the ball every once in a while. And when you do, it opens everything up. So I'm I'm hoping that it's just a, a, a let's tinker with it a little bit and not maybe do a total overhaul because it's not like our office. Our office struggled last year. I think it ended up like 30 something in the country. I could be wrong, but I think we're still in the 30s. Right, so like, right, yeah. So so in the year before we were top top ten. So it'll be interesting. By the way, Deshaun, if you decide to change it all, I'm on board. I'm I'm, I'm with you 100. I am on board, but it, it but if you tinker some. And add some stuff. And by the way, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I no one's asking me, but like, you see what I'm getting at? Like it's a tricky proposition because so many guys are coming back on offense.
2: No, that's a great point, Wayne. And Wayne, I'll, I'll sort of leave you with this in terms of my, my last question, kind of being a two-parter. The first is given your relationship with Deshaun and, and some of the other, you know, great players in the program, as well as just your perspective as both former player and teacher, what do you think is the right complement to Deshaun Foster from an offensive coordinator position? Is it, you know, from an age standpoint, a personality standpoint, an experience level standpoint, scheme standpoint? So that's kind of question number one. And then question number two, in addition to the OC hire, what's one thing? right now that where your antennas are up, where you want to kind of see happen or see close or one thing that's kind of top of mind in this particular off season, going into spring ball and beyond.
1: So, so first question, and again, you know, welcome to inside my brain. I started thinking <laughs> of re- remember the Titans. And if you guys have seen that movie, coach Yost and, and coach Boone, you guys follow me.
2: Oh um, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Okay, so, Oh yes, so,
1: sir. So, so 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 remember you know the scene in the locker room was like you just interrupted my first meeting and they start arguing about like and defense and he's like you will run your defense as a part of my overall like the way i do things um, they didn't really come together because the whole movie there's those little scenes like you just worry about your offense, you just worry right. about your defense they said it the whole movie until the very end yost goes into the locker room and he says Herman. Coach, whatever is kicking my ass out there, I need your help. And then, and they, and then, if you remember, so Coach Boone put some guys on defense, and then at the he end Yost. it was it was Yoast that called the reverse. Right. It's like it's over pursuing. He's over pursuing. You got, and it's like they finally started working together. So I tell that whole story, and I know it's a movie because, like, in in reality, like to be a good head coach, your coordinators, you guys have to click. So if, if there's people out there that, that you know, Sean's been around football on all levels, right? He's, he's got relationships, so he's going to want to bring in someone. If it's new and it's someone he doesn't know, it's got to be someone that when they're interviewing, it's got to click.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you, you don't want to be at, at odds. That's one of the things I've appreciated about this staff over the last handful of years is how well I thought the assistants got along. I, I, I was at practice when they were working out the morning of the press conference, and I was like, every coach was just like, Awesome. Like it's just, it's just, they're, they're having fun. They're out there and I think they seem to be excited. Um, uh, so whoever the, whoever the coordinator is or any of the new hires, right? Like linebacker coach, like any of these new hires that are going to happen. Um, uh, I hope they fit into the culture of the team because that is strong. It's really, really strong. I mean, the, the, players really like each other. The coaches really like each other. And so I think that's really, really important. Um, what I want to see going forward, well, um, You know, I mentioned Danny Farmer earlier, okay? I played golf with Cade McNown not that long ago, and Cade, thank you if you're listening for letting me play Bel Air with you because I don't have that kind of money, and you do. Um, Those guys wouldn't lose. And even games they lost, they were, like, scratching and clawing and fighting until the end. This team has played hard over the last several years. I, I appreciate how hard they play. But every great team has a, has those moments in the season where you just, you have to win those games. And it's, it can be something, it can be something really, really, really small that, like, it, it it's a fumble here, it's a holding call here. I mean, think of all the times we had a freaking false start penalty. right and, with, and, and in Chips Kelly's offense, for whatever reason, it seemed like whenever we got behind the chains, we were in trouble. You know, we were a little bit better uh, DTRs last year um, that, that we kind of overcame some of those weaknesses. But, like, it just seemed like for the longest time, like, if we had a freaking ball start and it was second and or first and 20, we just punted. Right. Or if we had a negative play on first down, even if it was a zero-yard gain on a rush, it was like we were going to punt. And it's like, y- you've got to find ways. Best quarterbacks make plays when it matters the most. Who's good on third down? Who's good on fourth down? And if you watch the teams that are winning at a high level, they just tend to make those plays. Like we saw it with me. I always go back to Andrew Luck because he was one of the best college quarterbacks I ever watched. That guy made every third and 10 imaginable. And I swear he got 11 11 yards half the time. It was either a throw to his tight end or he scrambled for it. And I was just like, it made me sick to my stomach because it happened constantly. That's how you win. And you win And most teams back then were top, you know, top five, top 10 in the country. So you, we've got to find a way. And when you have leadership, because um, it does matter who you have on the sidelines. When you have leadership that leads in a way that, like, when you look at them, you believe like we are going to win this freaking game. We are gonna. We're absolutely gonna do what it takes to win this game. Like we're gonna beat SC when we get the ball with one drive left. But th- that's just that's the difference between we're gonna, we're gonna make that play at the end of the Arizona game when we lost. We're going to find ways. And, like, I'm bringing up Caden Deshaun because those teams won 20 in a row. and, and, right. and, and Or even the, the Drew Olson, the Drew Olsen season with yeah, Mercedes Lewis. And yes. Th- that, they, every before remember, fourth quarter comeback, won, Wayne.
2: Absolutely. Oh, yep. my
1: gosh. That was a 10-win team that won so many crazy games because they had dudes on that team that weren't going to lose. They weren't going to lose. And it wasn't always the stars. There were other people that made plays in those games. And, but when you have stars that are making those plays, then those other guys step up too, and, and you learn how to win, and you learn how to win the close games, and the great teams do that. So that's what I want to see. We we did it. We were close when we beat Washington and Utah back to back, and then we we couldn't we couldn't continue it. I thought we had a chance and winning a, a Pac-10, you know, Pac-12 that year, but we couldn't quite couldn't quite pull it out. So that's what I want. I want this team to win. You know, it's I know it's hard. Big Ten's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Our schedule next year is crazy. Yeah. Schedule is it's crazy. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of teams in the Big Ten that we're gonna be right there with. And it could go either way. You could end up losing three or four of those games or winning three or four of those games. And that's gonna be the difference in the entire year. Because there's not, I mean, there's there's not a bunch of games where I'm already going, we're gonna lose this one. There's a bunch of games that where I'm going, We'll see. Like I want to see because I want to see what this team looks like when when fall rolls around. I can't right. wait to see spring. But I can't wait wow. to see spring. Yeah. So so to me, it's 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 that that's what I want to answer your question. Yes.
2: Makes sense. Love yeah. it,
0: man. Well, Wayne, you close us out with a remember the Titans, you know, kind of pullback right there. We love it. <laughs> We're big movie yeah. buffs ourselves. We're all very excited about Deshaun Foster being the next head coach at UCLA. We are excited to see, you know, the coordinator position hire. He will do it offensive on the offensive side of the ball and where we're headed, you know, as we get closer and closer to spring practice. Wayne, we love you coming on here, man. Thank you so much for taking time to come out of the Bruin Bible once again, man.
1: You guys keep the growth mindset. Keep the positivity. It's the only way to win. We all got to buy in. This is—I is, I, I know you're trying to end the show, and you know I don't—I don't ever shut up. But like, it's, it comes from everybody. Every, every time Absolutely. you you write an article about a recruit, you write an article about the coaches, you write a whatever. People read this stuff now, and and because uh, you guys, your social media feeds are just like mine, right? It's it's a lot of UCLA stuff pops up because we like that stuff. And so when we see the same negative stuff over and over and over again, there are other people out there that are trying to like, trying to figure out where they want to go to school and it has an impact. So you haven't seen anything yet. So how about we start with positive, right? right? How about we start that way and, and and see what happens. So go to Sean, go Bruins, all the players, man, I'm rooting for you. And uh, for a lot of us, old guys, we cannot wait. You're right. As Sports up and look at those, we, we need to get, it may not be a Rose bowl because when we get to the playoffs, it's gonna be something different. I know. I'm. i I'm, I'm trying to point it. Wait, right. I can't yes, do it. Sir. One of, there one it of those is. suckers right there. That rose. Yeah. That rose. <laughs> we want to go to a bowl game that has something cool on the on the shoulders. Okay. And uh, we started off last year with a great bowl win, but we we got bigger things in front of us. And and remember what Don, Deshaun said about the crowds. The crowds at the yeah, World it, Bowl right. it's 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 right. it's it's gotta come
0: out. out. You got to come out. The year, out. absolutely. Yep. You
1: got to come out. All right, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks so much, Wayne.
0: Uh, Jim Moore actually tweeted out, too, that he's going to break the record of the attendance record that he yep. set back in the early 20-teens. So lots to look forward to. Get out loud and proud at the Rose Bowl. No more excuses for not coming. You guys didn't like Chip Kelly. We got it. You got Deshaun Foster there. He's university beloved as a Bruin. Get out, get loud, get proud. Spring game will be a test for that. Bruin Bible, will have more stuff coming to you guys this week. Thanks again to Wayne Cook for coming on. We'll talk to you guys soon.